Gift Biz Unwrapped, guest episode number 409. Amazon is really simple to get started just for everyday people who maybe don't have a business yet. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue and welcome to the show. We've covered so many facets of a handmade product business over the course of the years, and today is no exception. We've talked about how to start and grow your business, stories from many of you who have done just that, how to choose and use social media sites, build your website. Oh my gosh, there is just so much information here for you, but not necessarily at your fingertips. So. I've made a tool for you that categorizes by topic the episodes of this podcast, but only the ones that stay relevant over time. Because yes, let's face it, there are past shows that just don't work anymore for us today. The world is changing so fast, right? You can use this tool to zero in on whatever topic you need at the moment. Do you want to hear from others in your specific industry? How about details on Pinterest or setting up an email strategy? You can now easily find the right episodes and create your priority listening roster. Consider this your Gift Biz Resource Center at a glance. It's a Google Sheet, best viewable on your computer versus your phone. Make sure to look on the bottom where there are five separate sections for easy topic reference, kind of like chapters of a book. It makes finding the shows to help you with what you're working on right now so much easier. To access this free resource, go to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash topics. Now let's move on to what's up in today's show. I like to present you with all sorts of options for starting a business on your own. And while we focus mostly on traditional handmade product selling, there are other ways of going about this. You can start your business being a solo handmade maker, and this in and of itself can be perfect for you. It may achieve all your goals, even though you're limited in your growth. Because let's face it, as one person, you can only make so much and still have a life. If you want to grow past a one-person shop, you can hire people to help you, a team to assist with making your product or support for some of the business tasks, like bookkeeping and marketing. You can job out your production to a local factory, or any other variation on this. One option is not better than another. It's all about what you want for your business and how it fits overall into everything else you have going on on the personal side. Today we're going to dig into another business model that's a spin-off of Handmade. If you don't have a lot of available time, are physically limited, or simply don't want to make the product yourself, this is a consideration for you. One that can bring in big money, too. You're not making and you're not going out to craft shows, but you're deeply involved in other aspects of the business. This structure allows for more freedom, so if you want to travel or are a busy young mom, 
it could be exactly what you're looking for. You'll hear all the details from Ashley, who has built not one, but two million-dollar businesses on Amazon, and now shows others how to do it, too. Ready to hear how? Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Ashley Kincaid of Private Label Mastery. Ashley is one of the premier and rare women in the Amazon seller and e-commerce space. She's personally sold over $2 million on Amazon.com, and no other woman has worked with more six-, seven-, or eight-figure Amazon sellers than Ashley. She took the earnings from her Amazon bath bomb business to found Private Label Mastery in 2017. Her unique Photon method helps Amazon sellers launch their products fast and profitably, catch this, in 60 days or less. Ashley also is the host of the podcast Private Label Mastery and the author of Million Dollar Ecom Secrets. Ashley, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I am so excited to be here, Sue. Thank you for your time today. I am curious about the conversation we're going to get into. So totally equally excited. But as I shared with you initially, I like to start off my shows in a little bit of a different way. And that is to get a peek into the inner Ashley through a motivational candle. So if you were to describe a candle that really would resonate with you, what does it look like by a color and a quote? I would say the quote would be unapologetically ambitious. That is actually one of our core values at my company, and it just really resonates with me. So I think any entrepreneur should want to have that candle, right? So I would say it's maybe really fragrant, maybe gardenia. Like I love floral candles. That would just kind of be the feminine side of me and then the ambitious side of me too. So that's a really fun question, Sue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I'm curious, why do you say unapologetically? I think that's a great question. I think sometimes women in our space, in e-commerce, can kind of apologize or not even see what's possible for them. And so as a female founder and a female business owner, I try not to apologize for things that I want business-wise or success-wise or growth-wise. So I think it's really important when you have those kind of goals and you are that ambitious in a company that you don't apologize for it, especially when you're out there like I am on podcasts. So that's one of my goals this year is to you know share my ambitions and also just be unapologetic about it. Well, you speak very confidently and bold and proud, just like you're talking about. So your actions are already demonstrating that. I think makers, I know this to be true because I talk to a lot of them, are bashful about their business because they've heard people around them say, oh, that's just a small little sideline business or, oh, look, you're doing your cute business, right? Mm -hmm. And that then feeds people into being bashful about their business, if you will. Did you ever have that? And how did you overcome it? Or what could you speak to with that? Absolutely. I think that's such a great question. I, and we have so many students who say the same thing, you know, when they're starting up a little business, it isn't taken seriously by friends and family. You know, they can't see it. You know, you're working on your computer, maybe after hours. It may not seem legitimate to people who aren't in it with you. So I definitely experienced that myself. Actually, you know, my family didn't even really know about my Amazon bath bombs business for a couple of years. I just kind of kept it to myself. I didn't really want the shunning, the judgment, the questions. I just found it easier to kind of stay within my Amazon seller community and people who knew what I was doing. But you're right. I think that, you know, until you've at least made your first dollar, it doesn't seem legitimate. That's why I think so many people give up, Sue. They think that they can't continue. I think that's why it's so important to have either a mentor or some kind of community of people who get you, you know, support what it is that you're doing if you don't have the support of your family. Absolutely. And, you know, I often tell people, you know, just keep going. Don't pay attention to them. Have the support. But you don't necessarily have to wait like you did. 
and share with them when you're successful, <laughs> you know, like having done it in the background. But it is one way to do it. And you're one of the first people that I've talked to who's really made a huge success while still shielding a little, like keeping a little bit of a wall yes. between. So I guess you could say you could do it both ways. But now this brings up a question that I have to ask you. Mm-hmm. We want to get into all of Amazon, but share a little bit about bath bombs, how you started and how that whole business developed. Well, I never thought when I was a little girl, I would grow up to sell bath bombs for sure. That was not (laughs) the plan or the master goal or anything like that. But I love to share about this too, because I think it's a really good product for people to consider selling. I love to teach people how to get into soaps and bath bombs and natural making. They don't necessarily have to take it to, you know, a million dollar business like I did, but it's just a great niche. But long story short, About seven years ago, I discovered selling on Amazon and had no intentions of making it a real business. I literally started it just to make some side money. I was trying to help my mom go to college and was working multiple jobs and really just didn't see a way out of that. And so I literally in 2015 went on Facebook and I just searched, how do you make money online? (laughs) So, I mean, it really was like that. Never had a business before. I didn't have a business degree, nothing whatsoever. I was just a working kind of nine to five in the corporate industry person. And I discovered selling on Amazon. I found a Facebook group about selling on Amazon. And I'm really lucky because I think a lot of people don't necessarily find the best methods whenever they do something like that, or they get stuck in different business opportunities. But anyway, I discovered selling on Amazon and I opened my Amazon store in 2015. Again, just in, you know, hoping to make a few thousand dollars, maybe I really didn't know what it could become. And I was just very excited when I made my first sale on amazon.com through the FBA program fulfillment by Amazon. And my first sale was actually a book. It was not a bath bomb. I heard somewhere, read someone in the Facebook group said, oh, you can make money selling used books on Amazon. So I was like, wow, that sounds really easy to start. And I don't have a business right now and I don't have a lot of money. So I'm going to do this. So I found some used books around the house and just literally flipped them on Amazon for 10 or 11 bucks. Really easy way to kind of get my feet wet. And I loved it. I loved selling books so much that I took it to like a seven figure book selling business on Amazon in about two years. And I had a big team working for me. I had sourcers here in Dallas, like going out to book sales for me. I learned so many different ways to get books. We would go out to local libraries and buy out bookstores. I would use software online to find books even on Amazon and flip them on Amazon for profit. So textbooks, all kinds of books I would sell on Amazon. We would be shipping out boxes and boxes and boxes every single day to Amazon. And that actually got me to the point, Sue, where I quit my full-time job in about a year and a half. Then I went from that place to realizing, wow, selling books is a lot of fun, but this is really tiring. (laughs) So I still look back on the day. I was like driving around Dallas in my little Nissan Versa with like a four seat car in the middle of the Dallas summer buying books. It was pretty intense, but I had a lot of goals in mind. I really wanted to support myself and quit my day job. So I realized I didn't want to do that forever. And so I started, you know, going back on Facebook and talking to people in the industry about other ways I could sell on Amazon. And I started going to a store. It's called Lush at the mall. It's a really popular bath bomb store, soap store. Your listeners probably know about. I was shocked to find out that people would buy these bath bombs for $20 or $25 a piece. And these little bath bombs, little soaps, really simple products. And I liked using them. I used them myself. And I realized, wow, these are selling for a lot of money on Amazon. And so I started a little arbitrage business, basically buying these bath bombs from Lush and Lush.com and selling them on Amazon.com. And today those are, I don't think you can even sell Lush products on Amazon several years later. But anyways, I realized this is really profitable and really easy. And so I had a lot of fun doing that. I really enjoyed making like bundles. I got really creative with it. I would make like Halloween packs and Christmas packs and sell them on Amazon. 
I would put like a lush bath bomb with like a little loofah or different things like that. It was actually making a few thousand dollars a month profit just flipping those bath bombs on Amazon. And I moved kind of slow. I realized, wow, I could do this myself. Why if Lush can take this bath bomb and sell it for $25 when their cost is like $3, the manufacturer, why can't I do something like that? So I went out on a limb and I found a manufacturer to make my own bath bombs. And I found a manufacturer in Georgia, like a small hometown kind of company that produced my first private label bath bombs. And my first couple of sets on Amazon were bath bombs for men and then also bath bombs with jewelry inside of them. So I was one of the first people that sold those kinds of products. My company was one of the first that sold those products on Amazon. We were one of the earliest kind of entries into that private label product and grew that to a seven figure company. And then I started diversifying into different bath bombs had I think at max about eight different listings on Amazon of different bath bombs products. So I had two different private label bath bombs brands on Amazon. I eventually exited those brands, it became a lot of work for me to manage. And I took those funds and I founded Private Label Mastery five years ago. And we've now helped thousands and thousands of people sell on Amazon too, and to do private label products. So it's been a really fun journey, but it all went back to a bath bomb and just kind of taking a chance. And I like to help people, we've helped a lot of people get into the bath bombs and soap making niche. Typically, we don't recommend doing it the way I just described, Sue. There's a more legitimate way to find manufacturers and suppliers and things like that. But that's how I got into bath bombs. <laughs> I love when I'm talking with someone who's had the experience in what they're teaching now. And you've done it in several ways, books and then bath bombs. A couple of questions for you. Why Amazon.com instead of Amazon Handmade? Or was that not even available at the time? It wasn't even available at the time. And I really didn't know a lot about Amazon Handmade. Typically today, we don't do a lot of Amazon Handmade, given that my products weren't handmade. They were manufactured by a supplier. So we just list them under the regular Amazon.com. They would get a lot more traffic. They get a lot more search velocity and things like that listed under the main Amazon handpage. But I do believe I listed a few products under Amazon handmade, but there isn't really a particular reason either way. I have known some sellers who are very successful with the handmade niche, but just requires, to my knowledge, quite a bit more approval, getting into the category and things like that. Mm-hmm. It also it does change how your products are indexed. So generally, we do advise people with bath bombs to sell under Amazon.com. But handmade is definitely an option for some people too. Okay, so I'd say 75% of my audience are handmade creators. So they're making their own products, they might have a team behind them, but they're doing it all on site in a local production facility, etc. Wow. But then we have our other portion who are continuing to grow and see it becomes unmanageable for them to do it, or they don't want to control a team and they go and they outsource production. So that will be helpful as we continue having the conversation moving forward, I think. But I do have another question for you right here. And that is you were already experienced with Amazon. When you started your bath bombs, did you ever start thinking, well, what about some of these other platforms, Etsy or something else? Or talk to me a little bit about that. Absolutely. Actually, one of the first private label products I manufactured, again, I didn't hand make it myself, was going through an Etsy vendor. I found an Etsy vendor who was the handmade seller. They made the bath bombs with the jewelry inside of them. And then I would purchase those at scale from that supplier, that handmade maker on Etsy, repackage them, white labeled them, and then I sold them on Amazon. So that's a great opportunity for your listeners to think about is those opportunities to maybe partner with an Amazon seller, 
Amazon sellers maybe don't necessarily want to hand make something, but they see the opportunity to sell it on Amazon, partner a private label with that handmade seller. So Etsy is great. Etsy is amazing. It is such a great platform to build a following and sell something that's truly unique. I personally have never sold on Etsy, but like I said, I have partnered with a seller that I found on Etsy and we worked together for over a year and a half. And this was on my bath bombs with jewelry. We put necklaces and different things, created a whole brand out of it called Blasique. But then my desire wasn't to sell on Etsy. I like FBA because they can just ship and fulfill everything for me at scale. But that's just a great thing for your listeners to think about. Well, and I'm also thinking that if someone is a handmade creator and they want to keep their brand unique to themselves, you can still do that while supplying somebody else on Amazon as you're talking about white labeling. So you're not limited in that way either. And maybe there are some things that you just offer that are yours exclusively under your brand. But then you can also have the Amazon play as well. I mean, actually, we talk a lot here about multiple streams of income. So Amazon could be one. Etsy could be one. Absolutely. Local craft shows could be one. You know, there are a lot of ways that you can do things. Yeah. Yeah. So as we start off, I'm really, really excited to get into the photon (laughs) system. Um, I'm really excited about that. But what would you say are the biggest advantages of using Amazon versus others? What's the difference and what are the advantages? I would say if you aren't a creative person, if you're just someone who wants to get your feet wet with e-commerce, maybe you don't have an idea. Amazon's nine out of 10 times the easiest place for someone to start. If you're just wanting to make money, like I was, you know, make money with e-commerce, you don't even know what product to sell. Amazon provides that data. Etsy doesn't provide that data in as much extent to sellers. So you can literally just open an Amazon FBA account, set up a simple system like Jungle Scout or Helium 10, which I use. And then Amazon will literally feed you the products that are selling and you just kind of plug in the dots and sell that product. So Amazon is really simple to get started just for everyday people who maybe don't have a business yet. Now, if you already have a successful handmade store on Etsy, like I really encourage you to just take that to the moon. I know some really successful Etsy sellers who have done really well with that platform. To me, it's harder to get started if you're just kind of starting from square zero. But Amazon, I love Amazon because I like to travel. I don't like to package my products or do anything like that. I've always spent like about 12 hours a week on my Amazon business, even when it was making you know over six figures a month. And that was with really no employees once a time I scaled my private label brand. So that to me was the appeal of Amazon. I didn't make as much money, like profit as an Etsy seller does, I'm sure. But overall, just more of a lifestyle choice, mm-hmm. I think. And I think that's typically why most people do sell on Amazon. It is more of a lifestyle scaling type of choice. But I've also heard of Etsy sellers doing really cool things like third-party fulfillment. So I'm certainly not judging an Etsy seller. They probably can do a lot that I don't even know about. But Yeah, I'm just trying to ground everybody in terms of what Amazon offers that's different than Etsy. And it sounds like if you are someone who's making a product and you are becoming overwhelmed with production... This may be a time where you can make a switch and have somebody else make it for you. It's still your recipe. It's still your creation. But you have somebody else doing that. To Ashley's point about lifestyle, this could be a great solution. And it sounds like, Ashley, when you're talking about if you don't even know what product it is, start resourcing, finding what product and then sell it. I think it's more of a commodity play then, right? Like you're selling the product, you're offering it, you're making it attractive and interesting. And yes, you're going to make more or less margin than you would if it's your handmade product, but you're not hands-on with it anymore. So to your point about lifestyle, so people who have young children who are growing or you're just getting tired of making all the time, Mm -hmm. this could be something overlay on top of your love of going to local craft shows, but also make more money without your time in. 
Yeah. So I just want to position that. But let me ask you one more question here. It sounds like, however, for those folks who don't know what product, that you need a level of resourcefulness as a skill. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, yes, resourcefulness that, you know, sometimes people come to me actually and just want the product, you know, just tell me what product to sell. What's a good product to sell? The work and the successes and the ability to find those products, to identify those cool product ideas. At Private Label Mastery, we talk a lot about differentiation. So that's really where our most successful students always are. They're always in the place of differentiating product, meaning I can go tell people, yes, you can go on Amazon right now and start bath bombs with jewelry inside them and probably build a seven-figure business if you just want to copy my product idea. But if you're really thinking in the right way, you'll think about, wow, that's a really cool idea Ashley sold, but I'm going to make it a little bit different. Maybe I'm going to do a bath bomb with a toy inside of it or organic bath bombs. You just take the idea and run with it. Find a little bit of a differentiation opportunity. That's really where the private label opportunity is on Amazon. Got it. Okay. So you find the products that are popular that look like they'd be a good category. Then you see what else is out there, but then you make a twist. You do something special and different and unique, something that you can become known for. Yes. It's just a slight differentiation. And again, mm-hmm. your very first product on Amazon, you do not have to overthink it. It could literally be just a quantity difference. For example, I found with the bath bombs with jewelry inside of it, some people weren't selling it in packs. So a lot of people were searching for six packs. They wanted more bath bombs of jewelry inside of them. So I not just launched one bath bomb, maybe six. There's different ways that you can think about that. Mm-hmm. Or a different audience. As you were talking about, your bath bomb started to men. Mm-hmm. Yes. I really found that niche was at that time, very untapped on Amazon. It was literally as simple as I went to amazon.com and I started searching bath bombs and I saw all these items pop up, search queries that I would type in and I would search and there wasn't anything for that product. So it told me people were searching for that product, but it wasn't on Amazon. Interesting. All right. So let's dive into Photon, the method and tell us all about that. Sure. Well, Photon is a really simple five-step method where basically you can think about product research in a different way, finding those unique opportunities, outsourcing, tapping into secret suppliers, only the best, and then nurture. So we call that our five-step process of how to think about how to sell on Amazon. It's really simple. You want to find, like I just said, those unique opportunities. Like in my case, it was bath bombs with an adding a little piece of jewelry inside of it and then wrapping it up. And then outsourcing. We really believe in outsourcing lifestyle business, which a lot of your listeners might not be super familiar with, Sue, if they're making their own products. But for example, most of our our businesses, we don't even touch or see our products. Everything's just outsourced through Amazon and a third-party prep company. So we literally design our product remotely, send it to a third-party warehouse that packages it from a supplier, and then it goes straight to Amazon FBA. Tap into secret suppliers. And a good example of that is what I did in my business, literally went on Etsy. Like who would think to do that, right? Go on Etsy and like find a person and ask if they'll be your manufacturer. Created a manufacturing agreement with them and they became a manufacturer for Amazon. So finding those unique opportunities, whether it's maybe a domestic supplier or those opportunities as well, and then nurture your product to success. That's And that basically means it takes time to be successful on Amazon. It took me a year to grow my private label business. It didn't happen overnight. I had some really bad products too that I had to learn from, but nurture to success, like give yourself six months to a year as an Amazon seller, keep reinvesting that money back in the business. Don't expect overnight success with like a private label product. That's the concepts of Photon. It's just a simple way to think about finding a niche, nurturing your product and finding a good supplier too. Okay. I didn't quite catch all the five steps. You went through them real fast. Can we redefine them? I got the unique opportunities as first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Outsourcing is second, right? Mm-hmm. Outsourcing is the fourth one. Oh, wait. Okay. Unique opportunities is first. <laughs> then we're, okay. What's two and three? So uh, follow the demand. 
only the best products, tap into secret suppliers, outsource, and then nurture. Okay, got it. I might have misplaced it myself. (laughs) Okay, I was trying to write it down. And then when you said you were done, I was only on three. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Okay. And so when you were talking about really nurturing the product to success, do you start with just one product? Do you only sell one product on Amazon? We will continue this fabulous conversation about Amazon right after a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, Happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or fine packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. And when my business was the biggest, I had about seven, seven private label products on Amazon, which is a lot. I mean, we have students in our program that have anywhere from one to like 10,000 products. It really just depends on the product itself. We kind of consider the magic formula to be like three to five, three to five private label products on Amazon. As long as you have good products, it's really all you need to bring in like at least $10,000 a month in sales. And, you know, most people I work with are pretty thrilled with that. So that's what we would recommend is like more than one. One product is really risky because if you go out of stock on Amazon, you have no money coming in. So at least three to five different products. But as far as starting with one, it's better to test a few products than to just go all in on one bath bomb. For example, I tested different kinds of bath bombs. I didn't just list one bath bomb on Amazon, different quantities, different necklaces, different rings, men's bath bombs. We tried different scents and things like that. So I do believe in testing. We really believe in testing and then putting it on Amazon for at least seven days seeing which one sells the most consistently every single day, and then restocking the winners, basically. Okay, I think this is also where Amazon is very, very different than Etsy. You know, Etsy, when you're developing a shop, you wouldn't just put one product on there because people are going directly to your shop. It's like, wait, wait, they're only selling the one thing. So this is a different mindset for people who are listening. So on Etsy, you're going to have more selection, more product. On Amazon, I think just the way, I mean, I think of my behavior on Amazon when I'm going, I'm either, if, unless I'm buying something that I've already purchased, so I know exactly which brand, which product, if someone's going on Etsy, they are searching for the product. And so you need to come up that way. So someone who is buying bath bombs, for example, they see your bath bombs and decide they're going to buy they're not necessarily going to your store to see what else you have. They're buying those bath bombs that come up, right? Yes, we don't get a lot of store traffic on Amazon. Right, so it's a different approach. And I think that's something I've talked with other people about Amazon before, and that's something I really didn't recognize until we started having those conversations. Yeah, also we're limited, like Etsy sellers, gosh, you have so many benefits. I don't think you don't have storage limits when you sell on Etsy to my understanding. So on Amazon, you have to start small. You can't just send in, you know, a thousand bath bombs to Amazon the first day. They limit how much you can send in. Oh, that's interesting. Is that to see how much product actually moves so they're not taking up warehouse space? 
Right. So all the products go into Amazon's warehouses. Amazon obviously doesn't have infinite warehouses. So if you're a new seller, they want to basically make sure you know how to sell items that are actually going to sell. Back in the day, they didn't have those limits. But now they do. It's still pretty high for a new seller. But once you prove that your items sell and you move through your inventory, they increase your limits. Okay. Well, that makes sense too. I mean, I think that protects a seller too. You know, you're not making so much and then it's just sitting there and not being used. And heaven forbid, if it's something that diminishes in quality over time, like scents or things like that, you don't want them just sitting there for sure. What type of reporting does Amazon give you then of your sales? Because if they're fulfilling, how do you know what's selling? Sure. So you get all kinds of reports from Amazon from a sell-through rate, inventory levels on a monthly basis. So Amazon actually provides probably a lot more insight than Etsy does. I'm not really familiar. I'm sure Etsy sellers at certain levels get really good reporting too. But Amazon provides extensive reporting. You have to keep a pretty good sell-through rate. I believe it's at least 2 to 3% today meaning at a monthly basis, like your items have to sell at Amazon. So they provide extensive reporting where you're able to really see like how much of my inventory is selling through every month. What are my best selling SKUs? So Amazon makes it almost dummy proof to not know, you know, what's selling, but that's really the whole game of being an Amazon seller, just being able to manage your inventory and ideally trying to sell through things pretty quickly, keeping the cash flow going in the business. Managing your inventory, but not physically, which is what a lot of people are doing now. Yeah, not physically. We just send it into Amazon and then we manage it through the Amazon seller system. And we know how many units are in stock. We are able to directly in Amazon manage that. And what happens if you don't hit the sell-through rates? Do they drop you or (laughs) what happens there? They force you to destroy the inventory eventually, or you can just pay really high storage rates. We pay storage rates anyway every month at Amazon, basically five square cubic feet. It's like running a storage unit, literally like how much feet you're taking up on Amazon. And then if your items don't sell in a certain amount of time, you'll start getting the extended storage rates. I, I believe it's over six months. If items sell over six months, I could be wrong on that today. So that's why your motivation is to sell through stuff faster, sell through your inventory faster. So this is not a type of business structure where you're just going to send the product over and then think you're done. Amazon doesn't do the work for you. You have to do that work. And that's probably part of what you teach, right, Ashley? Yeah, we do teach people. I think that's really the name of the game is managing your inventory well, thinking about it as a real business. Amazon does a lot of the heavy lifting, the storage. They do all the customer service, 90% of it. They do all the fulfillment. So you don't actually have to box and ship your bath bombs to each individual person. That would be really crazy. So we don't really know our customers in that level or talk to them, but we just get to do the fun stuff like product research, making the listings, getting the photos taken, designing everything, the logos. Yeah. Okay. And you bring up a good point that I was going to want to talk with you about. You never have the customer contact information. So in terms of developing an email list or anything like that, that's not part of the system with Amazon, right? It is not. And that is one of the big downsides of being an Amazon seller. I'm not aware if Etsy sellers can do that as well. No, they can't either. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I think it's so smart for people to, one, if you have a private label brand, you're welcome to put your website on your products on Amazon. You're absolutely allowed to do that. So most of us, we will direct customers. They can go to the website and capture their email there when we do that. But Amazon does not have like an internal system where you instantly get a customer's email. No, they're Amazon's customers. Okay. And it's okay if you put your website on your product. Are you able to put any pamphlets or literature in with the packets? You can. And that's always a little bit of a gray area with Amazon. Most private label sellers definitely 
do direct, you can absolutely direct traffic to your website. Now, if you can't put a little pamphlet in that says like, you know, give me your email now, I really want to contact you, that kind of stuff. It has to be a little bit more indirect with that. But most private label sellers do put a pamphlet, a little insert that has their website. And then at that website, as long as it's externally, you're absolutely allowed to capture emails. And that's how we built our email list with our brand. It's not as effective as just getting it directly. But again, you're not really paying for that traffic. So you don't get those emails yourself. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of thinking if I were doing something like this, let's say I was making handmade scarves or something, I'd love to have a pamphlet that shows different ways to tie the scarves. And then, hey, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. So it's not as promotional, but there's yes. still that linkage back to you. Now, granted, how many people are actually going to do that? Maybe 5%. I mean, it's still a small percent, but you still get them. Yeah, we see conversions of five to 10%. Like our best mm -hmm. campaigns that we've seen with like insert cards and gather about 10%. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. So one of the things that I love about Amazon is if I don't like it, I can return it and make it <laughs> super, super easy for know, you right? to do. <laughs> I'm one of those customers, if I'm buying something for travel, I might buy three different things or my new puppy, three different beds, and then I return the ones I don't want. Not nice. I get it. I'm doing that less. <laughs> but what happens in your situation then with returns? Well, I mean, any Amazon seller will tell you, Sue, we don't like returns. It's like an ugly stepchild we don't like to talk about because they are high. They are high. You know, Amazon makes it super easy to return stuff. And um, Amazon does side on the side of the buyer. You know, as long as we always tell our students, if it's less than like 5%, you're good. If you have higher than that, you may have a defective product or like a really high return category, which we don't recommend. Like electronics has super high returns on Amazon. Clothing has really high returns on Amazon. Other categories have like super low returns, like office products. So we advise our students to be selective with the kind of products they sell. And then also to just ensure they're not selling something that's like really prone to break or be very defective. Because if you do go over that like three to 5% threshold, Amazon does kind of slap you on the wrist. And if it goes on really long term, you might not be able to sell that product anymore. So Amazon handles all the returns. That's what's really great about Amazon. So you as an Amazon seller don't have to actually see anything that comes back at all. It just comes out of your account if they decide to refund the customer and your goal is just to sell more. Yeah. I mean, I remember Amazon used to approach me at shows all the time wanting to sell my product. Mine is a high price product and the thing, you know, $1,500 product. Oh, wow. What I had always heard, and I'm just wondering if it's still like this today, is they told me if anything is ever returned, it just gets tossed. Like it doesn't go back into inventory. A lot of times it does get repackaged. Someone actually assesses it when it comes back and it either gets tossed or it gets repackaged and put back in the inventory. If it's a certain category, it might be marked as used and then mm -hmm. sold for a discounted price on Amazon. But no, it just, it doesn't get tossed automatically. But, you know, Amazon sellers all have stories about items getting, like getting returns and like, wow, I can't believe Amazon considered this discarded. But Amazon either puts it back on the shelf, they will toss it. And that is, comes out of your pocket as an Amazon seller, or they'll repackage it and try to resell it. Okay. But you know, Honestly, there's pros and cons with every platform, even your own, even when you're doing it just yourself. So right. these are just things to know. So, and is it true that if you're listing on Amazon, you really need to throw some money behind it to get seen? Yes, yes, you do. I mean, that's probably a little different than Etsy or other websites. You do need some more money to play today. When I started in 2017, I think I started private label with like $500. So that's not going to be doable for someone that wants to launch bath bombs today. It's very competitive. You need more like $5,000 to go out there and get some 
good stuff together. So we generally recommend Sue, like if you want to start your own natural brand on Amazon to have at least five to $10,000 just to play around with to really get a good test on Amazon. So it does involve some funds. You don't have to have that much, but it, it just will take you more time to get results. Well, and that makes sense. I think we've all gotten a little bit spoiled when social media first came out and you put things on Facebook and you didn't have to pay a thing and everybody who followed you saw your products. And now we know that it's maybe one or 3% if you post, we'll even see it if you're lucky. But before that, if you were going into business, you were doing ads, you were doing radio spots, you were going into your local newspaper. So you have to be in that mindset if you want to get exposure and get people to see you. So I just don't want people to be like shocked with the dollars numbers you're throwing out because remember, that's just also not money that's being wasted. That's money to create sales with money coming back to you. So it just doesn't go out and not come back. Yeah, I mean, we start pay-per-click with those little $10 a day. You know, we see products and that's all we need to get clicks on Amazon. So it's not like $1,000 to start advertising on Amazon. You can literally start with 5 or $10 a day. Perfect. I love hearing that. <laughs> That's good. That's wonderful. All right. Share with us a little bit about your book and your podcast where people can learn more if they're interested. Sure. I have a free copy of my book at my website. It's called ashleykincaid.com forward slash welcome. You can download my book for free. It's actually the whole story of my bath bombs business. I mean, I share the products. I share the pictures. I share the brands. I'm super open and transparent about what I started. That's my book. And I also have a podcast called the Private Label Mastery Podcast. We are one of the top ranked podcasts for Amazon private label sellers. So it's about 150 episodes and lots of interviews, lots of guests, mostly private label focused. So people who want to learn what I just talked about, like making your own private label brand on amazon.com. That's really what we focus on. You go to iTunes, Spotify, just search the Private Label Mastery Podcast. And we are up there. Perfect. Wonderful. And for someone who has now been intrigued by our conversation, what would you say to them about, you know, your optimism of the future of Amazon as a platform and as a new creator going on to that platform? Well, gosh, I am super excited for anyone who wants to get started on Amazon today. I mean, the next 10 years are, if you think e-commerce is big now, believe it or not, most people still don't even shop on Amazon, according to Amazon's own report. So there is so much opportunity to create something new. We see people in our program doing it every single day, like products that aren't even on Amazon, and they're bringing new items to Amazon. So there's a lot of opportunity. You just got to work a little bit harder than everyone else. And we think of a little bit of a different idea, like I talked about with my bath bombs, and you'll do really really, really well. And like I said, stick with it, get some kind of mentoring, it could be with me or with somebody else, just get some kind of help to get started on Amazon, but stick with it and just be persistent. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Ashley. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all this goodness about Amazon, some of it that I didn't even know I've learned here today as well. Appreciate you being on the show. Thank you, Sue. Have we got you thinking about Amazon in a different way? Maybe you'd even want to consider a combination of your current handmade business with an Amazon option. Remember, you're in control and steer your business in whichever way you like. One thing Ashley emphasizes several times that I'd like to underscore is the concept of making your product different in some way. If you've been with me for a while, you recognize this as your unique special power concept. You can achieve this with traditional handmade products or with an Amazon.com model as discussed in this show. Seriously, I want you to think about it. 
And if you're enjoying the podcast and would like to show support, a rating and review is always fabulous because it helps get the show seen by more makers. It's a great way to pay it forward. And there's another way where you can get something tangible in return for your support, too. Visit my merch shop for a wide variety of inspirational items like mugs, journals, water bottles, and more featuring logos, images, and quotes to inspire you throughout your day. Makes a great gift, too. And we've just added some new products for the season to the shop. Turnaround is quick, and the quality is top-notch. Nothing but the best for you. (laughs) Take a look at all the options at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash shop. All proceeds from these purchases helps go to offset the cost of producing the show. And now, be safe and well, and I'll see you again next time on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making my favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze. Today, 